Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Colts, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always been your host, Evan Sutter. I'm joined by our weekly guest, Zach Hicks of Stampede Blue. How are you doing today, Zach? Pretty good, man. Uh, nice coming off the bye week here. Uh, you know, it's always a nice weekend when the Colts don't lose, so <laughs> bye week is always nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's great to be back on the show here and great to, you know, look forward to some Colts football this weekend. Let me ask you this, Zach, because I know we, we had George on, George Bremer, last week at the Herald Bulletin to talk about the game, and I want to get your opinion of this, too, because, I mean, I was as stunned as anyone else. I think we were all on the same page. We thought the Colts were going to lose this game, probably by double digits. There probably wasn't going to be much of a fight out there with the, how high power this offense was. But you see the offensive attack dominating the offensive line with Quentin Nelson up front, Anthony Costanza doing a great job, and the rest of those guys just mauling those guys for 180 yards rushing. Then you see what they did as well on defense, Matt. Eberflus in their game plan, playing a lot more man coverage than they have with zone. Uh, that game just shocked me, Zach. Yeah, no, it shocked me too. And it's actually kind of funny. I, I put in a uh, private chat with uh, the other guys over at Stampede Blue. Uh, we have a Slack channel where we talk about, um, you know, Colts and writing and all that stuff. And, and I said before the game, uh, jokingly, I said it like a, a couple of days before the game. I said, the only way I see the Colts can win this game is if they dominate the time possession, if they just grind it out on the ground the entire game. And then on defense, they play man coverage and they just don't allow much separation. And then I, you know, jokingly said afterwards, like, you know, they're not going to do that, though. They're going to go out there and, and the Chiefs are just going to be airing it out against their zone defense. But to my surprise and to the surprise of all of us, you know, Matt Eberflus changed it up. On defense, he ran a lot of man, uh, which, one, I think fits the cornerbacks a lot better than what the zone defense has this year. And also it's kind of been shown to be the way to beat the, the Chiefs now. I mean, we saw this past weekend with the Texans. They came out with a, with a bunch of man. Uh, we saw – the Patriots game last year when the Patriots beat them in the playoffs, they ran a lot of man and, and the Lions game the week before the Colts uh, was a lot of man coverage as well. So teams are kind of figuring out how to run that man coverage. And, and honestly, the Colts kind of showed it on prime time. If you, if you run that man coverage, guys like Robinson and Nicole Hardman, they can't really separate as much and you can get in Travis Kelsey's head. So, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Matt Eberflus and also a lot of credit to uh, the offensive game plan too, to really play that keep away. Uh, I just think it was all around. It was a great game plan. And, and hats off to Matt Eberflus, uh, the whole defense, and, and even the offense for, you know, not having the greatest game of the year, but uh, just controlling the clock and controlling the game. It, it was just a great overall game to pull off that big upset on uh, the national stage like that. Yeah, it certainly was. Colts won 19-13, by the way, if anyone did not there. And um, overall with this game, Zach, I just feel like one of my biggest takeaways, we start on the offensive side first, is how good this offensive line is. I know we all knew it was a top three unit, but after what they did on primetime against this Kansas City defense, which isn't great, of course, but what they did on a national audience, Quinn Nelson, once again, was dominant again. Do you feel like Marlon Mack and that offensive line, they, they're gelling at this point where they could be a run first team the rest of the season? Oh, yeah, certainly. And I think that's kind of the way they're going to have to play it this season. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not out on Jacoby said I don't uh, dislike anything about him. I think he's playing some decent football. Uh, but, you know, he's not the, the strong center point, like the focal point of his offense. The offense is revolving around, you know, your, your strength, which is your offensive line. And, and you know, while we're on the offensive line, uh, I wrote an article this week about Quentin Nelson. I, I mean, we all know how good he is. But, I mean, when you look at the film, I think he is having one of the most dominant years I've ever seen from an offensive lineman. And I've watched lines. I watch guards. I watch a lot of offensive linemen. It's like one of my hobbies. Uh, I Quentin Nelson is playing at a level that I have never really seen before in the NFL. I mean, he is absolutely dominant uh, in every facet of the game. 
Uh, you know, the rest of the line is playing great as well. They're the strength of this team, and so is Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is having an outstanding season as well, uh, fifth in the league in rushing. Uh, but, you know, you got to give it off to the offensive line and, and the running back. Uh, those guys are playing really well. But, you know, Quentin Nelson uh, is just playing at an otherworldly level right now. Uh, so, you know, just keep playing behind that strength. You know, Jacoby's not the strength of this team. The offensive line and Marlon Mack are, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I see them definitely riding uh, the, that strength to the finish line this year. They've only allowed one sack, and I believe only one or two hits over the last three weeks to Jacoby Brissett in this offense, which is certainly a great sign for what we saw last year when they – didn't allow a sack for five straight games, so they're back on the positive side of things there with the offensive line. That's going to be definitely a strength this team moving forward here. But let me ask you this, Zach. Overall, what do you think of Marlon Mack as a player now? Because we've always said he's an underrated player, but now we're kind of in that full-fledged like, breakout mode right now. Yeah, no, I actually came into the year as one of his biggest critics, I guess is one way I'd put it. Maybe not critic, maybe uh, skeptical of a big year. Uh, just because, you know, he's, he was never really a well-rounded running back. Uh, you know, even coming into the NFL, he was more of an athlete playing running back than he was a pure running back. Uh, even And then last year, there were aspects of his game where he needed to improve. You know, his vision got better late in the year, but it still wasn't really where he wanted it to be. Uh, his patience wasn't great towards the end of last season. Uh, he, his contact balance was, was pretty bad last year. I think he was 36. Uh, in the league in terms of like forcing missed tackles and such. Uh, so there was areas of the game where I wanted to see improvement before I was really all aboard uh, the hype train. But this year he's he's definitely shut me up and he shut up any of his critics. I mean, he's, he's having an outstanding season. Even in the games, you know, he had that three-game stretch in between the, the Chiefs game and the Chargers game where he really wasn't, you know, putting up the best stats, the best fantasy points, anything like that. Uh, but you could just see how much better he was than, than even last year. You know, he's running so much harder now. He's running through tacklers. Uh, he looks so much stronger at the point of attack. His vision, his patience look, look just great. Uh, you know, the offensive line last year, I think, was making yards for him. Uh, but this year, you can really see the difference that he's making yards for himself. You know, and that's the biggest thing between a good running back and a great running back. Uh, so I think last year we saw some good signs. But this season, I think we're really seeing the the making of, you know, a top 10 running back in the NFL. I think he's He's that good. He's having a Pro Bowl caliber season. Uh, he's just been outstanding this season. I think uh, he's definitely the strength of this team right now, and the team's definitely going to yeah, you know, ride his coattails to the finish line again. He's, he's having a great season. He's on pace for over 300 carries, which is by far the most in his career. I believe 210 is the market USF that he had in college. So he's definitely earning that bell cow status, so to say. But I think another player at the running back position, Zach, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, Jordan Wilkins and – I think he's looking more and more like the perfect change of pace kind of guy for Marlon Mack on this team. And I, I've seen some people say the Colts should draft a running back early in this draft, like a J.K. Dobbins or something like that, like in the second or third round, just to add some more depth there. But when you see a guy like Jordan Wilkins who can kind of do the same job there, I kind of like what they have there. Oh, yeah, Jordan Wilkins is great. You know, I, I'm never going to be, uh, you know, biased. when, it, Or I'm not going to be unbiased, I guess, talking about Jordan Wilkins because – you know, uh, when it comes to running back prospects, you know, coming into the draft, he's probably one of my favorites I've ever scouted. And, you know, it's not from because he's that physical beast. He's never going to be a starting running back in the NFL. He doesn't have the speed, the quickness, any of that kind of stuff, any of that kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he's so good when it comes to finding the hole, uh, being patient. And his vision is almost like, like second nature to him. You know, Marlon Mack, you could tell he worked on his vision. And there's still some moments where he misses holes because, you know, it's not really – uh, natural to him. It's something that he really has to develop. Or Jordan Wilkins, you know, the play side could be to the right. He'll find a little crease to the left side, 
uh, where no one else is even expecting him to go. He, he just always finds the hole. He always finds positive yards, it feels, you know, except for that big loss in the toss play uh, last game. But besides that, when, he, when he's going up to the gut, I mean, he always finds space and he always gets forward progress. So, yeah, I think he's having a great season as well. Uh, you know, he's obviously not the, the kind of player that Mac is. I mean, he, he probably never will be. Uh, but, you know, if you want a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield, uh, be one of the best pass protectors in the league, I think he's a great pass blocking running back as well. And along with, you know, getting those positive yards, finding the hole at all times, and, and, you know, occasionally breaking one like he did against the Titans, I think he's a really good change of pace back, and he really complements Marlon Mack well. So I would like to see his snaps and his carries go up a little bit, uh, especially to, you know, get Marlon Mack down below around 300 carries this year. I don't want to see him get up towards 300 or so, uh, just so he doesn't get wore down too much. But, you know, Wilkins, I think, is having a great season. I would love to get him more carries and more looks out there. Speaking of running the ball more, Zach, I saw a tweet from yours earlier today about you were going to do a film study about second and longs in the Frank Reich offense. I was wondering if you've gotten around to that yet and just what you've noticed before you, like, you tweeted that out there. Why do you think Frank Reich does Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure some of your listeners will uh, kind of agree with me. It just feels like uh, Frank Reich ran the ball a lot on second and long. I, I don't know if that's how it's something you've seen as well. Uh, just watching the games, it feels like he runs the ball a lot on second and long. And, and that confused me because almost all analytics when it comes to football point towards, you know, don't you ever run the ball on second and long. And, and Frank Reich is one of those coaches where you can tell he's really up to date on analytics. You know, he goes for it on fourth down a lot. He'll quarterback sneak every opportunity he can. Those, those are really high analytical uh, things that he's incorporating into his, his play calling his scheme. Uh, so I was thinking that it was just weird that he was running the ball so much on those second and longs, but I actually went through the stats. Uh, if you want to go on there on my Twitter, at Zach Hicks 2 uh, there's a little thread there of the stats. I believe he runs the ball 35% of the time on second and long, which actually isn't that bad. I thought it was much worse, you know, watching the games live. And, um, you know, they, they averaged about 4.3 yards per carry, I believe. Uh, they've never got a first down on the second long running, but overall it's accomplishing what he wants. You know, they're getting those four yards, they're getting – uh, four or five yards, you know, per play on those, and they're and they're getting into shorter situations. So, um, you know, it kind of disproved what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a much higher there, but, um, you know, again, Frank Reich. I was trying to find one flaw on him, I guess, but I couldn't. Uh, he's doing everything by the book, and he's doing everything right. You know, he's he's following analytics, he's following you know risky play calling, but he's doing it well. And and the Colts are winning games, even games that they shouldn't be winning. They're winning because he's. Uh, just calling some great games. So, you know, hats off again to Frank Reich. Even even when I thought that he wasn't following the analytics and he wasn't doing something kind of according to trend, he kind of was. So, I mean, Frank Reich's just a great coach overall. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great career working at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get started. Is it fair to say if Quentin Nelson is not the MVP of this team through five weeks, which I personally think he is, which is with, with the way the offensive line he is playing himself, but I think Frank Reich, if they had Chuck Pagano in this position instead of Frank Reich, I don't know if they have two wins at this point, Zach. No, no. I mean, if they have just an average coach, they're not at this position. And, again, it's not me kind of slighting, you know, Jacoby or slighting anyone else or like defense or anything like that. They're all playing fine. But, you know, when when you have a lot of – average I guess like the defense gets kind of played average to below average uh you know those, those first five games especially except against the uh the Chiefs you know the other games they played pretty below average and then even Jacoby you know he's been average below average in a couple of the games this year when you kind of have that, all that going uh you really need your your head coach to kind of pick up the slack you know to to make those risky calls and 
and you need the players to put together and they really play hard for Frank Reich and, and Reich puts in positions to, to do all that. So yeah, Reich is definitely the MVP of this team. I know Quentin Nelson, you know, obviously is a, one of those top tier players in the league and you always want to say he's the MVP, but you know, without Frank Reich, they're not at three wins right now going into the spy or, you know, after the spy. So uh, Frank Reich is, is an outstanding coach and he's just adding to his resume this year. This is really impressive what he's doing uh, with this team and, and how far he's getting them. Yeah, Colts are three and two now. And going off the bye week now, we've had a, about eight days to soak in that Chiefs win. So before we look ahead to that Texans game, which is all of a sudden now looking like the game of the year for both sides here as they get try to control the AFC South, I want to get your overall opinion through 30% of the season, Zach, so far, Jacoby Brissett. Do you think he's more of what we've seen already? I mean, I, 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 I'd be guess it's fair to say he's been more of a game manager than he has been a franchise quarterback. Do you, I mean, at this point, with what you've seen through five weeks, Zach, is this the kind of quarterback you'd want to lean this team moving forward? With what I've seen as of right now, no. But I'm still holding out hope. And, and the main reason is, I think someone put it well um, earlier today on, on social media. They said that uh, coming off the bye last year, Frank Reich really opened up the offense. And I believe they scored 67 points in two home games right after the bye week. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, the bye week to kind of instill more of the offense, maybe have some of your guys back healthy. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not going to have a nagging injury and he's not going to be injured. Um, I, I want to see more of the offense explosion and more of the offense opening up. But from what I've seen these first few weeks, I think the biggest way I would say this, the, the Oakland game I think is a perfect example. And, you know, Oakland's better than what we thought going into that game. Uh, they're actually a pretty solid team this year. But, you know, in the second half of the Oakland game, they had six possessions to score twice to bring that game to the tie or, or to take the lead in that game. Six possessions in the second half where they just need to score twice to, you know, win that game. And at the end of the day, no matter how bad your team is playing, offense, defense, you know, receivers dropping balls, no matter how bad they're playing, I need my quarter. I need to be able to look at my quarterback and say, if I can get you six possessions in the second half, you can score those two times to get back in the game. You can win us a game that we're not going to win, uh, that we shouldn't, that we don't deserve to win, you know, uh, and, and that kind of just soured on me that they weren't able to pull that one off because there were so many opportunities. Uh, you know, there's other moments, too, where I'm looking at Jacoby and there's, there's aspects of his game I'm not in love with right now. But I'm, I'm still holding a hope. You know, they, they can still install more offense. They can still uh, take some more shots. He can still have more opportunities to really uh, explode with his offense. But as of right now, I, I'm not really there yet where I would say, you know, he's the guy. Uh, I want to see more. Uh, I just want to see more from him, you know, going forward. And I think he's going to have every opportunity to do so because it's going to be a tight division race with the, with the Texans. And, and, you know, we have uh, them coming to town this week too. So it's going to be a big game and, and uh, it's going to be a tight division race uh, all year with the Colts and Texans. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a fair assessment there on Jacoby Brissett. I, I'm probably in the same boat as you right now, but I, I like you, I'm holding out hope that he has a couple of explosive games here down the stretch of this season with 11 games to go for the Colts here. But, Texans are now four and two. The Colts are three and two. This would be for the first place in the AFC South, and arguably, probably one of these teams might only make the playoffs here. But the AFC, the AFC seems kind of wide open this year. Zach, maybe both these teams eventually make the playoffs here. But for a home for a home playoff game, eventually, I feel like this is the kind of game you have to win to get that that top spot in the AFC South. So, what's your overall opinion of this matchup here? And after the Chiefs win, or excuse me, the Chiefs lose to the Texans, there. Yeah, I mean, it's two teams coming in hot. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is playing some great football this year, and he's always been a guy that, you know, I've kind of never been as high on because he plays a very sporadic, all-over-the-place style where, you know, his accuracy is not always great. 
Uh, he throws some really questionable passes, but you know, that sporadic style is kind of working for him this year. And it, you know, it's kind of worked throughout his whole career. Uh, so it's kind of at that point where it's hard to ignore it. Uh, he, he's playing some great football right now. He's probably up there in the MVP voting. Uh, if that were to happen today, uh, he's really leading that team down uh, these past few games. You know, overall, the Texans are not a great football team. You know, their offensive line is still really bad. Uh, their secondary is still really bad. But, you know, when you have the star power they have, you know, with Deshaun Watson, with, you know, Will Fuller playing the way he is, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then on defense, J.J. Watt, Charles Menehu, and, and Whitney Merciless are playing great. I mean, they're a good football team. Uh, but I think it's going to be a really good game. I think two teams coming in hot, both coming off big upset wins uh, in Arrowhead. So it, I think it's going to be a really big, uh, big game for playoff implications, you know, down the stretch. And I think it's going to be a really big game for, for both these fan bases as well. I'm excited for this one. What would you say, Zach, are the biggest holes in Houston's game right now? I think you mentioned them right, right away there, the offensive line, the secondary, anything else there? Yeah. I mean, offensive line, secondary are the biggest, but uh, one that kind of gets thrown out every now and then is uh, the coaching staff. I don't think their coaching staff even somewhat compares to the Colts coaching staff. I think Frank Reich is ahead of everything, you know, on analytics, on uh, motivating his players, on, on just play calling and, and everything, just everything that goes with being a head coach, especially like a play calling head coach. Whereas I think Bill O'Brien's, you know, at least a step or two behind him in every aspect. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big key this weekend. I think, uh, you know, Reich is going to outcoach Bill O'Brien for sure. Will the Colts players be able to outplay the Texans players is going to be the big question. Yeah, it certainly will be because I, I think this match is going to be very close here. I think that the early spread on the game was Colts minus one. So that's pretty much a, a toss up wherever you look at right now. And with Watson there, how do you rattle him? I mean, obviously his offensive line isn't the best, but we saw kind of the last few times the Colts have played him, they've had success there. Guys, let's have a chat real quick. Remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase performance to get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they're going to be twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Again, that is BlueChew.com for all your latest information. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of weird. You know, uh, a lot of quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks that we, you know, we all grew up watching, you always want to get them out of the pocket. You want to get them on the move. You want to get them kind of freelancing a little bit. But today's quarterbacks are different. You know, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and, and Deshaun Watson, those are all guys you want to actually keep in the pocket. Uh, so I think uh, the key is getting pressure, but also getting, uh, like, contained pressure. Uh, don't let him get on the, out, on the outside. Don't let him freelance and, and stick on your, your uh, assignments down in the, in the backfield or down in the, uh, the secondary. You know, stick on your assignments, keep them in the pocket. Uh, don't let him kind of get out there where he can freelance and, and do his thing and, and you know, really hurt you. Um, so, you know, get pressure, get pressure early, get pressure on the interior, uh, on those uh, weaker guards and weaker center. Uh, but you you got to get in the space and you got to keep him in the pocket and get him down quick because if he can get to the outside and he can improvise, he, he's going to hurt you. I think another X factor for this game and one who definitely showed out in his homecoming, so to say, was Justin Houston in Kansas City last week. But with Kamoka Ture going out, Zach, that's a huge loss for this team. And I think Justin Houston's got to have those kind of games very often now throughout the rest of the season with Ture being out. Yeah, certainly. He, he's going to be relied on uh, not only as a veteran presence, but also as, you know, we paid you this money to come in here and get sacks and, and really – get to the quarterback so I think that's gonna be big for him but another player who I think they really uh is gonna really have to step up with Torrey being out is gonna be Ben Bonagoo. uh you know they have a lot of expectations for him 
Um, I know that the, the Colts are actually grading his season pretty high as of right now. They're really high on the season, even though they're kind of bringing him along really slow. Uh, I know that everyone in that organization really loves Ben Bonnegu, and they have really high expectations for him going forward. So uh, we'll see if his snaps go up now with Kamoko Turra being out, or they're going to still bring him along slow. But uh, he has every opportunity now to to really seize that that spot as a, the speed rusher off the bench and, and really make the most of the opportunity. Zach, what would you say your game plan would be against his Texans team? They could be just like Kansas City last week where you just run the ball until they can't stop a time possession, keep Watts off the field, or do you trust this team with Jacoby and this bad Texans secondary that maybe even get in a shootout? So the game plan would not be to get in the shootout like initially. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned getting into one just because, I, again, I think their secondary is pretty poor. But uh, in my opinion, and even the the people who are the biggest on Jacoby and think Jacoby's a great quarterback will say that Deshaun Watson's still better than him. Uh, and personally, I think Deshaun Watson's better than Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, and I don't think that's a hot take by any means. Uh, personally, I don't like to get in, in a shootout with a team that has the better quarterback. Uh, so I think just keep that game plan simple and kind of keep it the way it was uh, against Kansas City. You know, you don't have to win in the pretty fashion ever uh, in the NFL. You know, just stay disciplined. Don't don't hurt yourself with bad penalties. Pound the rock and control the clock. And, and don't let the, the talented quarterback or MVP caliber quarterback, even on the other side, get the ball and you're going to have success. So I think that the Kansas City game plan, I think, is going to be a good one for this week. Last few I have for you, Zach. What, what would be your three keys for the game on Sunday? Yeah, it kind of goes with what I just said there. Uh, you know, Feed Mac, uh, he had a lot of success in the Houston games last year, especially in the playoff game. I believe he rushed for the most playoff rushing yards, I think, in Colts history, or maybe even the top five uh, in, in all time in, in Colts history last year against the Texans playoffs. So just keep feeding your, your workhorse uh, and also feeding Jordan Wilkins as well, but just keep pounding the rock on the ground, uh, force turnovers on defense. You know, I, you don't have to stop Watson, but if you can contain him and you can force some mistakes, which he's very prone to do, uh, definitely get that. And then the third one is another one that, that rela- relies to, Wal- to Watson. Um, just get pressure on him, you know, especially interior pressure. Janico Altria has to have a huge game. Uh, Justin Houston have a big game. Really get after him and, and force pressure. And, and, again, make him uh, turn the ball over because he's a great quarterback, but uh, he's definitely prone to turn the ball over. So uh, create turnovers, create pressure, and then pound the rock on the other side, and, and you'll uh, find success in this game. I think the Colts are going to win this game, Zach, but I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be just like you said. It's going to be more to the Kansas City game plan of how Deshaun Watson's MVP candidate. He's one of the best corrects in that far right now. They're going to keep up with those as much as they can. So I'm going to go 23-20 Colts and a very close one. What do you think? Yeah, I think the, the same way, actually. I'm going to go 27-24, though. A little bit higher score, but I think Colts pulled out uh, 27-24 at home. All right, Zach. What up? Anything else as far as this game goes? Because I think, to be honest, like I don't remember – last year this big of a game like Lucas Oil for the playoffs happened. Yeah, you know, the playoffs were, uh, you know, in, in uh, Houston, so it wasn't as huge a game, uh, you know, as a home game or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, this game's huge, uh, especially it's a big test for this team uh, in the post-Andrew Luck era, uh, how they're going to kind of get over this hurdle of, uh, you know, a big home game uh, with a, a really good team coming in, uh, if they can really – uh, show out again on the national stage how good they are. So I think it's going to be a really big game for the team and and uh, something that we've always kind of seen with Frank Reich outside of maybe even the Oakland game uh, and maybe the Jets game last year is they almost always show up to these types of games. Uh, they're going to put they're going to put their best foot forward and they're going to really punch them in the mouth. So I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Totally agree with you there. But I think it's going to be a very fun game. 
Colts fans, if you live in Indianapolis, definitely go to the game on Sunday. It's going to be a really good one. But you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach Hicks, too. You can read his work over at Stampede Blue as well. Zach, appreciate your time as always. Of course, man. Thank you.